0: Fall out, off the record, hang out We'll start some new good, take a sit down while we're talking to ya Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of Fallout Off The Record. I am your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight, as always, is Shalene. Howdy, howdy. So before we get started tonight, let's go ahead and get through our sponsors. Tonight we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you are looking for headphones or earbuds because yours are broken or the right one doesn't work anymore and you're looking for one that's black or blue or whatever color you prefer... Head to tweakedaudio.com because they have the headphones for you. And once you find those headphones and you're at checkout, enter our code off the record, which is all one word, to receive 30% off of free shipping worldwide. So, that, again, that's uh, tweakedaudio.com, our code off the record, to receive 30% off your purchase and free shipping. We're also sponsored by audible.com, your number one source for all things audiobooks. And if you use our link, audibletrial.com gaming network, and sign up for the free 30-day trial, you'll receive a free audiobook of your choosing. And tonight, Charlene recommends...
1: The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan, which is one of my favorite books. Um, It begins... Be warned, though, you are getting into, like, an 18-book series. Um, (laughs) Some of the books in the middle are not good. Uh, The beginning and the end are both very good, though. And I I have listened to the audiobook versions of these, and they're very well
0: voice-acted. I recommend. If... You have a lot of time on your hands. You can head to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork, and when you sign up for that free 30-day trial, you can get The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan and start your time sink there. Also, you can become a patron of our show by heading to patreon.com slash questgamingnetwork and signing up for one of our rewards there. And you can use the Amazon link, and I believe that's on our website. If you clear your, cur- you clear your cookies first, And then click on the link. You can do your shopping through that link, and Amazon slices off a piece of that money and sends it our way at no extra cost to you. You can also help us out non-financially by sharing us on your social media, sending us emails, like, subscribe, and retweet our steps, and tell your friends about us. So yeah, without further ado, let's get on to tonight's episode. Tonight we've got news, the gameplay, some lore, we're finishing up our post-war lore, finally a weapon of the week, and some listener emails. Also, uh, I think I mentioned in there that uh, we are recapping last week's challenge. But uh, yes, anyway, so without further ado, let's get into the news.
1: Okay, that means I'm supposed to play the news thing.
0: You're supposed to play the news thing.
1: If you like news,
0: you're going to love our next... And since I cannot hear it at all, and I'm probably talking over him, go ahead, take it away. Start your engines. Thanks, Rick. And actually,
1: you timed that just perfectly, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. I'm on a roll.
1: (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Well, our first item, uh, I saw this on the Nerdist. Some guys made some Fallout 4 weapons using only tools and techniques available in the 19th century, and it was just as rad as it sounds, Rick.
0: Yeah, these guys are pretty awesome. They made uh, a Clouds sword, and I'm sorry the name is escaping me, but it's amazing.
1: So Man at Arms is the show, and I believe you've watched this show before?
0: Yeah, I've seen it a few times. Yeah. Um, Well, like bits and pieces. Mm
1: -hmm. I was unfamiliar with these guys. Ah, okay. Sorry. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Is that Final Fantasy, I think?
0: Yeah, Cloud, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. the best final fantasy ever i'm going to yell final fantasy that now. is
1: a hole in my in my uh gaming repertoire um the only one i've ever played was one of the 13s um there were <laughs> there were three or four of them <laughs> i played part of one of them and and gave up <laughs> anyways this is not final fantasy off the record so back to uh back to our our show here um that's one of the quickest times to off the rails, I think, that we've ever had.
0: Yeah, we're up three minutes into this.
1: So these guys, Man at Arms Reforged is the show. The YouTube channel is on Me. Um, and the video's about 18 minutes. It shows the process of creating a revolutionary sword, Krem's tooth, and two baseball bats. One is the wooden bat with the nails in it, and one is nice. a metal bat with the saw blades and the, the barb wire.
0: So That's cool. rad.
1: And then after they show you how they make the weapons, then they spend some time at the end just smashing stuff. It's great. So cool.
0: That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, they had some people in cosplay, like a a lady in power armor cosplay, just wailing away at stuff with these weapons. It was very cool. That's cool. And the next item is an official item, which came from Bethesda.net. They put up a post and video called Vacationing in Nuka World. The video runs about three minutes. It has a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes insights from developers that worked on Nuka World. It's pretty neat. And uh, the article gives you some more information about the locations, factions, and items. So if you're just starting Nuka World or you haven't started yet, that would be a good resource for you to check out to kind of uh, wet your whistle.
0: Awesome. I have yet to check this out. Uh, you sent it to me right before the show, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't have audio for it, so I would... I'm definitely looking forward to this.
1: Yeah. It was neat. You should definitely definitely check it out. Speaking of YouTube videos, it's just this like YouTube section of the show here. Uh we've it talked was... about YouTuber Up is Not Jump before on the show. He's made a lot of cool Fallout videos and he continues to make awesome Fallout videos. And the latest one is a Bob Ross Joy of Painting Fallout 4 mashup. It's perfect, okay. Rick. It's so good.
0: Is it perfect?
1: Yeah, it's so good. Um, ha- have you watched much Bob Ross in your life?
0: No, uh, I missed that phenomenon yeah. as a child.
1: Well, I come from a family of ladies who like to paint. Um, I'm not one of those ladies that likes to paint. But grandma liked to paint and mama likes to paint. And when I was a little girl, we would sit around and watch Bob Ross and paint. <laughs> we would paint happy little trees. Nice. And, uh... Something about seeing that so familiar, mashed up with this Fallout zaniness, it's its really very funny. Very funny. Nice. You should watch this. You should probably watch some original Bob Ross first, just for context.
0: Well, I know bits and pieces from just my <laughs> traverses on the internet. Yeah, um,
1: he's such a meme now. He can't get away.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think I'm good there. Um, although I'll have a lot of time coming up next week, so maybe I'll catch up on all this stuff.
1: I hope that you're doing something better with your with your vacation than, than uh than watching yeah. YouTube videos, Rick.
0: Yeah, finishing stranger things.
1: <laughs> I hear that's good. I haven't checked it out yet.
0: It's absolutely amazing so far.
1: A few weeks ago, we reported on the departure from Bethesda Studios of Joel Burgess, who was a senior designer and he led level design in Fallout 4. Uh he was also the gentleman who owned the dog that modeled for dog meat. <laughs> yeah. And he left uh, Bethesda, and we wished him well. But we didn't know where he was going, and now we do. So I just wanted to mention that. I thought this would be of interest to our listeners. Mm-hmm. His new job is as world director for Ubisoft Toronto. And Ubi Toronto is the studio that is responsible for Watch Dogs 2, for Honor, Far Cry Primal, Far Cry 4, Assassin's Creed Unity, and I said Unity really strangely right there. Assassin's Creed Unity... And did notice. Cell, and Splinter Cell Blacklist. Uh, he's working on an unannounced project. Um, I'm thinking it might be Assassin's Creed Egypt. Is,
0: They're going there now?
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I hear. That's the huh. rumor. It's yet unofficial. but
0: That'd be interesting. I wonder if the Sphinx is going to have the nose or not.
1: I don't know. We'll see. But there is a, hmm. a lengthy blog post at blog.ub.com about Burgess's new duties. Basically, he's uh, his focus is leading a team that's building narrative through environment and setting, which of course is something that he's got lots of experience doing with the with Fallout and Elder Scrolls series. And uh, I think whatever he works on is going to be something that, that Bethesda fans will be interested in.
0: I'm hoping that he can solve their backtrack on the uh, graphics department. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, look at this shiny, beautiful game, and then it comes out, and it's like, look at this matte, <laughs> okay-looking game.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I didn't play Watch Dogs, so
0: yeah. Sadly, we'll
1: I I do hope that um, I hope that he is working on Assassin's Creed Egypt. I have high hopes for that one.
0: I. I'm curious to see how they're going to do that, especially after they've already gotten into the Revolutionary War era, if they're going to go back in time mm. to the uh, ancient days.
1: Yeah, they can, go. they can go anywhere they want. That's part of the beauty of Assassin's Creed. They can go anywhere they want and make it make sense. Yeah, that's true. So the latest thing, Rick, is something that we were talking about just before the show here. It came from, uh, I found this on Polygon. Graphics card manufacturer NVIDIA made a Fallout 4 mod. Mm -hmm. It's called Vault 1080. The mod's quest line lasts about an hour. It upgrades the visuals (laughs) of the game and adds a creepy quest line. Did you have something to say there, Rick?
0: No, no, I was just going to comment on their uh, brilliant marketing there. (laughs) Right? Gosh.
1: (laughs) It's, I don't know, it's kind of clever, but also it's kind of a, kind of... Annoying? A dad joke of, of naming things.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I don't know. I, it's their new graphics card line, and I just... It's mm-hmm. like, come on, guys. I
1: know.
0: We get it already. You made the <laughs> mod. We understand that is the marketing scheme.
1: It's a commercial. This mod is a crummy commercial, so...
0: Yeah, but it looks good.
1: It does look good. It was developed by NVIDIA's Lightspeed Studios, which has previously focused on remasters of old games uh, for Android. And this is their their sort of advertising spiel on the vault mod. It's certainly taken its toll on its occupants. They've become a congregation that embraces darkness and sickness, and they've done it, so they believe, to survive. They're not the friendliest bunch, but is the whole thing built on lies? The The truth is deep within Vault 1080. Through a whole lot of fearful mystery, find it and decide for yourself whether the monsters deserve their salvation. Or not. The mod is available today, the day we're recording, September the 2nd. So, you guys can check that out if you are interested.
0: Awesome. I will probably check it out, but I don't know.
1: I'm sure I will. I'm interested. That's just an hour long, you know. I'm sorry. That was was a long pause there. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to drink. I thought you were talking.
0: (laughs) Um, No, I'm... uh... Trying to figure something out. But anyway, um, I'm definitely going to check it out because it does look uh, very good. Mm -hmm. And uh, although I doubt that many people are going to be able to run it with all of the complaints with the lighting thus far. Yeah. And all the AMD peeps are left out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Does it need the 1080 graphics card to run?
0: Oh, I have no clue. I should have looked
1: that up before before I started talking about it. Because I hope it doesn't, because I'd, like I'd like to try this mod.
0: Yeah, it does look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but everyone knows that I absolutely adored Far Harbor and its tonality. Uh, so this is just right up my alley.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, the next thing on our news list here is the final thing, I believe. Nuka World came out. The final of the six Fallout DLCs. Um, they, they've been releasing these pretty regularly, so they should have it down by now, right? They, uh... This launch just went off smoothly, without a hitch, no problems.
0: They've never had a history of doing that. Why should we change that now?
1: Yeah. Not so much. They, uh... This did not go off smoothly. And the first problem is that the content did not go live on PS4 at the advertised time. Poor, poor PS4 people. You guys... (laughs) I'm so yeah. sad for everybody playing Fallout 4 on the PS4. Um, the PC and Xbox people were happily installing and playing Nuka World, and uh, the PS4 people just had nothing. One gamer tweeted that Bethesda didn't care about f- its fans because the, the mods hadn't been released on PS4 yet and that the DLC was broken. And Pete Hines responded to this guy, It's not broken. They haven't pushed it live yet. We don't control other people's platforms. We give the time, but we aren't pushing the buttons. So it sounds like that was all on Sony, that problem. And the content did eventually go live, but season pass holders had to wait even longer than uh, than people buying it individually. And, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, yeah, Bethesda of... (laughs) If anything, they've done nothing but try to cater to their their fans. Mm-hmm. Or at least the ones that are going to pay the bills and keep the, their lights on. So the fact that... <laughs> I find it so funny that people are upset about this. Um, but then again, people like to be upset at ridiculous things. So
1: Yeah. I do feel like this kind of gives us a little bit of insight into the relationship between Bethesda and Sony. Um, yeah,
0: perhaps. I mean, it's just... Well, it's like it's like iTunes. Like they take forever to you know push updates through because it has to go through a bunch of checks and verifications. And mm-hmm. Android is like, yeah, whatever, upload, whatever. <laughs> kind of. I
1: don't so. know. I don't know. Anyway, the second problem was that many users, uh, I primarily heard about it from Xbox users. They were unable to play Nuka World due to experiencing crashes. And, uh, really? Yeah. They would they would load up the train station and just nothing just yeah it was was not good basically
0: train not found
1: Uh and one of the most common causes for this was ui mods being incompatible with the dlc so you could Uh. if you are having trouble you could deactivate ui mods and listeners reported a number of different fixes Uh, i'm not going to list them now because i have an update that happened just before we went live with the show rick can
0: you do... Dee, dee, dee. Breaking news! <laughs> this just
1: in. A patch has gone live that fixes this train bug. It is live on Steam now and will be available on consoles soon.
0: Yay! Yay! Awesome. awesome. Good job, Bethesda. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. My my sound effects. Although, I'm... Um, yeah. That was great. Uh, that's pretty cool. I, I haven't actually had any problems with Nuka World myself, so... Uh, Let's go ahead and get into the gameplay.
1: Oh, yeah, that means I play the sound. Give me a second.
0: <laughs> so, real quick, guys, just, you know... Oops. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a little inside baseball for you guys. Uh, my, there is still no update on the repair of my board, so I don't know when we're going to get back to normal. So this could take a while.
1: Please Uh, soon. Let's all pray for Rick's soundboard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want it back so bad. It's just in pieces around my studio here. Um, So (laughs) anyway, this week, what did I do in Fallout 4? Not much of anything, really. I had some time on Tuesday to play, and that was about it, and booted up. My Nate character, which is my Minuteman character, and I had the mods in there and I left all the mods on. And um, started up Nuka World. And now I'm not going to get into any spoilers, but I am going to talk about a a little bit of what I did, um, just because it's the only thing I did. And most of you have Nuka World anyway. So I started up Nuka World and I get to the station and things happened and there was a lot of blood. So one of the mods that I'm running is that gun or the 7.62 pistol uh, mod because it's lore friendly and it's amazing. You can um, you can uh, upgrade it to be super powerful, but it's really, really slow firing rate, like a really slow firing rate, but it makes it feel like a cannon, so it's kind of fun. And I was, you know, using that a good bit and, you know, stuff. So I make it to Nuka World, and there's this really cool thing that happens at the very beginning, and I died because I ran. And then after that, so remember that, after that, I get into the main little area, and there's a raider there. I blow their head off, and no one cares. It's very weird. Like, the the cool thing about Nuka World is it feels like there's a lot of different rules that they don't tell you. <laughs> and you're kind of figuring things out for yourself. Like, can I do this? And you do it, and you're like, okay, I can. Or can I do this? And then everyone hates you, and then, yeah. So I kind of walked around Nuka World and did some of the quests there. Um, and, uh yeah, I, that was pretty much it that I did. That was the end of it. I didn't really get much time to play after that, um, except just feeling super overwhelmed with a whole huge map to explore. It's definitely going to be a lot that goes on there. And now I'm faced with choices, and I don't know if I should wait and do things with my Cobra character or do things with Nate. Um, it's going to be tough. So what did you do this week, Shaleen?
1: Well, Rick, I've been just totally immersed in Fallout 4 this week. I haven't had a ton of free time, but every bit of it has gone into Fallout 4. Um, Having a great time. I finished Far Harbor. (laughs) I I was working on that, and I did that replacing Tectus with a synth. But I stole his clothes first, you know, for our our challenge from last week. Um, I did it kind of late, but I thought it was really funny. I was doing the the conversation with him, and he was naked, and I was wearing his outfit. (laughs) And I just... That struck me as so funny, so funny. And hmm. then I was inspired to just steal everyone's clothes, so I just kind of did a, a sweep of the wasteland. <laughs> and I took uh, I took the dress from the lady in the uh, in the memory den. Irma is that her name? I think it's Irma. I took her feathery dress, I'm not sure. and I went to the railroad, and I took Tinker Tom's cool hat. And I took Desdemona's outfit and just I just left a bunch of naked people in my wake. I, I went to Diamond City and I took Geneva's suit. Curie looks so sharp in Geneva's suit, let me tell you. Let me tell you that right now. Curie looks very sharp.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm just th- picturing you running around with everyone's clothes going like, Toga,
1: Toga. <laughs> Basically, that's pretty much what it looked like, Rick. And yeah, just everybody, just a, a swath of, of nudity in my wake. Partial. Partial. <laughs> partial nudity. Partial. Underpants. A swath of underpants in my wake. And I took all their clothes and ballistic weaved them. And not my companions and I just look fabulous now. We look so good. And I found out that I missed up a, a, a whole bunch of stuff in Far Harbor. I just. There was a bunch of stuff I missed. So I had a day off last week, and I spent almost all of it in Far Harbor. I was looking through some of my things. I was putting my my magazines on a shelf, and I popped the achievement for the Far Harbor magazines. But I didn't have all of the magazines. I only had three of them. And I thought, you know what? I There's got to be more than three of them. So I looked it up on the wiki, and there are five of them. And now I felt like a big fraud because I had the achievement, but I did not have all the magazines. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to go find those other magazines, and I did. And along Uh, the way to finding them, I found a whole bunch of other stuff. Like the Shipbreaker. I had never run across the Shipbreaker before. What's that? The Shipbreaker is a giant fog crawler that is. Oh, right, yeah. Sort of Longfellow's, you know, white whale. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, so we killed it. We tracked it down and killed it. And uh, and I loved that Longfellow kind of felt regret, you know, that, that that creature was no longer in the world to keep him sharp, you know. It was, he felt the loss of the shipbreaker. And I found one of the giant hermit crabs. I just stumbled onto it. I was coming through some bushes to this building that I wanted to investigate. And I come through the bush, and there's this giant hermit crab. And it starts attacking me. And uh, throwing its its offspring at me. And then some, some raiders come out of the, the building, and they're attacking me too. And that was a bananas fight. It was just so crazy. I just, I almost didn't have enough health items. It was bad. And I finally did get through that. I felt kind of sad to kill the hermit crab, but I loved mm. that, oh, crap moment of like, "ha ah, ah, ha, ah. <laughs> what is that?
0: It's just one of those proven things that we're just natural killers in this game, because even though it's trying to run away, we're like, just gun it down.
1: <laughs> and let's see, I ran across the friendly super mutant finally. Finally. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. And that was so cool. He was wearing a, this hat with a bear, like a bear head for a hat. thought it was cool. I told him I liked his hat. And I really wondered how that encounter goes if you don't have Longfellow along to vouch for you. Because he you walk up and... Did you do that without Longfellow? How does it go? Yeah.
0: Uh, I walked into his house and he's like, Who's that down there? And I was kind of like, Well, uh, you're standing in front of me, not necessarily looking at me from afar. But, um... He, uh, it was just a normal conversation.
1: Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: Nothing I, really was different. I except thought you'd, for like, maybe
1: fact... have to do a quest for him or something. That's disappointing. Yeah,
0: except, for, except for the fact that annoyed me that he's like, who's that over there or down there or something? <laughs> and I'm, like, right next to him. Like, dude, <laughs> I know I'm shorter than you, but let it go. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was fine. I didn't steal from him or kill him or anything. I did some bartering and walked away.
1: Yeah liked him i bought a dog um i was trying to buy it doesn't tell you like which dog is which or if it does then i was too dumb to notice that so i was trying to buy like the the cool wolf uh because i wanted that one and i ended up buying the mutant hound instead and uh, i thought man they're gonna be so surprised at the castle when this guy turns up
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway Although they seem to be accepting if they're friendly,
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, they're very accepting at the, at the castle. They uh, they'll accept whatever whatever protection they can get. And I went to Cranberry Island. I had completely missed this whole area before when I played Far Harbor. Cranberry Island is the place with the sad story in the Ghoul family, and the the puzzle where you have to turn on generators to open a door.
0: Oh, no, I don't think I've seen that.
1: Oh, you've got to go to Cranberry Island. It's really good. It does that environmental storytelling thing that we all love, you know. It's very good. And there's a very sad story there and a ghoul family and a puzzle with generators. And there's also this storeroom that you can unlock. And in the storeroom, there's so much crafting material. It was just, I was like, so I saw the
0: picture that you posted.
1: That's where I found that. So definitely you should go find Cranberry Island. It's in kind of the southeast, I believe, part of Far Harbor. I found a whole bunch of cool locations. I ran across this Mirelert Queen at a quarry. And it was the same hour or so that I had already fought Shipbreaker and the Hermit Crab. So I was like, this is kind of a letdown. You know, the Mirelert Queen's not even scary (laughs) anymore. Yeah. And I was using my Gauss Rifle. I hadn't used the Gauss much in Fallout 4 because I I used it once, and I was so disappointed that it wasn't the Fallout 3 Gauss that I just sort of ignored it. Mm -hmm. But now I love the Gauss rifle. I've used it some, and and I just love it now. I really like it a lot. It's a fun gun to use. It feels weighty, and uh, it just tears people apart, and I, I like the Gauss rifle quite a lot. So I've been using that all the time. I ran out of ammo for it just before I went into Nuka World, and that was a bummer. Oh, yeah. Did some achievement cleanup. uh, Built an ammo factory. That was fun. Filled a bathtub with bullets. That was nice. Took me way longer than it should have.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: (laughs) It was fun to do, though. Very fun to do. And I started Nuka World, and that was cool. I'm loving Nuka World. I uh I haven't really been following the quests of Nuka World, so there's not going to be any Nuka World spoilers. But I've just been wandering around. I, I went through the gauntlet, and I've got to say, I think that this this add-on feels more like a Mad Max story than Fallout ever has before. You know? just I don't think you're much of a Mad Max fan, are you?
0: Well, it's not that I'm not a fan, it's just that I've never seen them.
1: Yeah, you should. So, They're very good. Very worthwhile. I probably...
0: I probably would enjoy them.
1: But you know that moment when you're in the gauntlet and they start chanting death, death, death. Like that's so Mad Max. It's it's absolutely feels like you're in a Mad Max story. I loved it. Loved it very much. And um I just let me say this. Oh god, why did I ask for ants? <laughs> why is that a thing I wanted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ants are, are so tough. The little flying ones, ah. Ugh. Ah, they're so hard to kill. It was horrible.
0: Very interesting way that they did those, too, mechanically.
1: Yeah, very, very horrible. I, yeah, I feel like I, I made a mistake. And I'm sorry, guys, that I asked for ants and Bethesda put ants in. And now we're all being killed by ants. The area is really dense, and I feel like that's something that Fallout 4 has done really well, you know, in in terms of populating the the world with things to do. And Far Harbor kind of nailed the open space wasteland wanderlust thing that Fallout 3 and New Vegas did well. And Nuka World is doing the urban thing that Fallout 4 did really, really well, I think. Mm. So it's kind of something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here, let's skip through this a bit. I love Nira, Nira the Robot. Jeez. She's
0: the best. <laughs> so awesome. The personality switch is like,
1: ah! <laughs> so good. So good, Nira the Robot. Yeah. And I feel like the theme of Nuka World is kind of that raiders are people too. And that's kind of been a theme through all of Fallout 4. You know, they have conversations and motivations, and we see them living their lives. And... uh Seeing the individuality of the raiders, you know, seeing them as characters, makes it kind of believable, you know, that me, the general of the Minutemen, is wanting to help them live the best life they can at Nuka World.
0: <laughs> I just want to blow all their heads off. <laughs> which I have done. And
1: I am not really okay with all the people in Slave Callers. Not so much okay yeah. with that. So I'm interested to see how, how I'm going to resolve this. I haven't done hardly any of the story at all. Basically, the moment that you walk out into, into the city, that's as far as I followed the story. I dropped it there. I went to the house so that I could get the house, yeah. which is a pre-built house. Thank you. Thank you, Bethesda, for the pre-built house.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're going to find some random notes stashed somewhere that'll say Shalene's home.
1: <laughs> and uh, speaking of things that uh, we talked about that Bethesda put in the game, you totally predicted Raider Radio. Um. Yeah.
0: I don't even remember doing that. I must have been like channeling some <laughs> ethereal world or something.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the context. But last ep- last episode or the episode before, you said the words Raider Radio, and we talked about how that would have been a good a good name for the podcast. And sure enough, Nuke World has got Raider Radio, and I love Raider Radio. It's the best. I love Red Eye the DJ. And his stories and his dumb songs. And I love him. I love him. And uh, I, I really want to know who his voice actor is. So
0: I have to um, listen to it a little bit more.
1: It's, he's real funny. He's real funny. So if anybody knows what voice actor, va- voice actor that is, please let me know. Because I was unable to find it uh, with the power of Google. I'm impressed with how much stuff there is outside the walls of Nuka World. Uh, I found a shovel museum. Yeah, a shovel museum. Just out there. Outside the walls. Shovel museum. And there was no, like, quest out there or, you know, just a a building full of shovels. Shovels with descriptions. It was great. And I I do... Okay, I'm going to get flack for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I love how there are just Kims everywhere. (laughs) Because it's raiders, you know, and there's just Kims. On all the tables and I can just pick up all the kims and nobody judges me for the kims. And and I like that. I appreciate that. But I do I I like Nuka World so far. I'm looking forward to playing more after we're done with the show. I think this DLC is, is proof that Bethesda is listening to what we ask for, you know. I feel like they've really taken a lot of our criticisms of Fallout 4 and things that we wished we had, and they've put it into this DLC, and I appreciate that.
0: The one thing that I do fear a little bit is that, you know, as much as we all know that you're working with raiders in this, and raiders are a, a staple of this, um, I I want to make sure, I, I would hope that there's a way that you can do this with any faction that you choose. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, and I'm starting like Far
1: to, Harbor, how you could do a, a Brotherhood of Steel ending of Far Harbor?
0: Yeah, you could kind of do a bunch of different things. And I'm hoping that this goes in that direction. But so far, with everyone I'm talking to, I don't really see that. Then again, I wasn't really playing it that long. Um, it's just, again, there's a few raiders that I feel like, well, you know, they just got mixed up in a bad crowd or they're a bad person. They're just kind of there. But then there's some raiders I talk to and I'm like, I just, I just, I want to, I want to murder kill all of you.
1: Yeah. Some of and, them are uh, really monsters.
0: Yeah, I know. And it's like, I just, just, I just, I got my gun. I could do it right here. I could finish everyone off. But I don't want to do it in like 10 minutes into this DLC. Um,
1: Even Red Eye so, tells some stories that are like, wow. And he tells them just casually, like it's totally normal.
0: Yeah. And I just can't, I can't. Because like I do kind of blab on about like the things or the people that I've killed in experimentation or things like that. But when I play these games for serious with my characters, I'm a very good character. I'm just naturally, I always answer things the way that I feel like I would answer them in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I, and I never, you know, I never purposely just kill people. I, it's always like bad people or, um, yeah, you like to raiders. role play. I do. I really do. Um, it's just more fun to talk about when I role play as a jerk uh, because it's just not who I am. So to mm-hmm. me, it stands out to me more. So I talk about it. But, you know, so I'm a fish out of water in this. And I think that's really a cool twist because I'm kind of like not starstruck, but just kind of like lost. It's like, yeah. You know, I'm the only one here that sees these like slave collars and I'm like, this is not good. Mm. And so far, it doesn't look like I can do anything about it. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah,
1: I'm interested to see. That's all I had for my gameplay this week.
0: Okay. Well, that takes us into our challenge. And last week, unfortunately, we only had one partaker of the challenge. And I believe that may have been because the podcast hasn't launched yet. What Mm -hmm. were you going to say, Shaleen?
1: It was Heather, just to mention. Good job, Heather.
0: Oh, awesome. And the reason the podcast hasn't gotten on iTunes yet is because I've been super busy. And I just got it sent out to the network last night. So hopefully it'll be up in the next couple of days. Um, So I think maybe that's why we didn't have such a good turnout. However, we have a new challenge this week anyway. Since I'm on vacation next week and there won't be a show next week, I think, Shalene, you're streaming next week, though?
1: That's the plan.
0: Cool. But since I'll be on vacation, I figured let's do a challenge for that. So our challenge is called On Vacation and Take a Selfie in a Very Odd Place. That's pretty much it. So just wherever you want to go, strangest place you can do take a selfie I know we kind of did oh we kind of did that in the glowing sea once
1: yeah yeah we did the vacation in the glowing sea with the summer shorts right but now you can do one you know wherever, out of the glowing yeah. sea
0: any any fallout you want any fallout you want mm-hmm. so I figured you know a little lighthearted
1: or just uh, yourself you could just take a picture of yourself an actual selfie of yourself in a weird place
0: what did I say it wrong? Uh-huh. I said no. it wrong? No. Oh. Okay, sorry.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so that's pretty much it. And then take, you know, send it to us at uh, hashtag FOTR challenge. And were there any pit board updates this week?
1: No Pitboard updates this
0: week. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, no Pitboard updates. So that takes us into the lore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're gonna finish up the pre-war lore.
1: Yes, we're finishing it this time. I'm so excited.
0: This so to I'm do. gonna we're gonna kind of break this up into two. And so it was really so, long
1: because I was determined to finish it.
0: Yeah, a- and Chalene writes the episodes. I usually do all the directing and production. So I'm gonna be reading her notes. So apologize. I apologize if I like butcher them completely. Um, I, I think
1: I did a better job today. Uh, sometimes I leave weird gaps that are like not not good for you to follow but i think i did a good job with these where you can just read them and, and sound like a, a person <laughs> instead of instead okay. of having
0: holes all right um so we're gonna go ahead and get this get this started so we can finally have shaleen, give shaleen a break from doing all this shit. this timeline
1: <laughs> is much harder to do than the normal the normal lore
0: <laughs> okay yeah there's a lot that goes on um now I'm trying to remember. Did we cut out anything that wasn't in the in the uh, Fallout Bible, or did we do any Van Buren? Or
1: uh, we tried not to include things that were not canon. Uh, if they weren't canon, we mentioned that.
0: Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get started. So I completely forget where we left off last week. So I'm just going to go ahead and get we're into right it. Right like here, I... and start. Huh? Yeah. Start I know, but it. I'm just saying I forget what what last bit of information happened.
1: Yeah, that's been a while.
0: So, so anyway, in 2231, Edward Salo, the boy who would become K- Kaiser or Caesar, uh, is being raised as a scribe with the followers of the Apocalypse in the Boneyard. That's very interesting. Um, the Boomers settle in Nellis Air Force Base, and possibly not canon, this is from Van Buren, as we just pointed out, <laughs> um, Jeremy Maxson sends an expeditionary force of five paladins east. For over a decade, Andrea Brixley and her squad, based out of Peterson's Bunker, forge relationships with the local tribes. In 2235, the Enclave begins experiments on deathclaws, attempting to create special fighting units. The town of Gecko forms near Vault City. Gecko is a ghoul town. Residents bring scavenged parts and restore the power plant there. In 2236, in late July, Enclave scouts discover the ruins of Mariposa military base. Over the next couple of months, the Enclave scours the base, attempting attempting to get to the FEV vats. They force people and super mutants into labor excavating the area. One of these conscripts is Fort uh, Horrigan, who was recently... Re- Frank, sorry, Fort, what the frick? Frank Horrigan, who was recently removed from the President's Secret Service detail. In September, they uncovered the FEV vats, and some of the human workers began to mutate. One of these is Horrigan, who was sent to the Enclave's labs to be studied. In October, a new mutant named uh, Mel- Melkor... Melchire? I don't know. Retains much... I don't know. Melchior? I haven't
1: heard it pronounced.
0: We'll call him Mel. Uh, a That's new mutant a good named one. Mel retains much of his cunning and hides weapons for when the enclave inevitably turns against the mutant workers. Frank Horgan mutates slowly over a period of two years. He is kept sedated, studied, and operated on repeatedly. Sounds like a wonderful bunch of friends. 2237, in January, the Enclave, having gained the FEV data they wanted, abandoned Mariposa. They leave a squad of soldiers behind to wipe out the super mutants, but the the mutants persevere using the weapons MEL, Cash. The first and second generation mutants remain at Mariposa, forming a community. The Naval Research Institute clears Meierlerks off of the aircraft carrier that would become Rivet City. In 2238, Harold arrives in Gecko and becomes the de facto mayor twenty-two thirty-nine, Harold
1: the Tree, just to remind everybody.
0: Harold the Tree. Harold the Tree, before he was a tree, I guess. Well, before he put his roots down, you know? Um, <laughs> exactly. In 2239, the Enclave decides to test Frank Horrigan as a field operative. They build power armor to accommodate his bulk. He's very successful as the, field, or as the Enclave's brute squad. I <laughs> like how that's written. He is, he is the brute squad. Uh, the Rivet City Council meets for the first time, and the city is named. 2240, Good Neighbor is founded by criminals who were exiled from Diamond City. This year also marks the Battle of the Castle, in which a Mylert Queen dislodges the Minutemen from their fort. A crafty bunch of fighters they must have been. 2241 was an eventful year, and here's the highlights. Junktown is absorbed into the NCR as part of uh, State Shady, which is a lovely name for a state. Uh, Daisy Whitman's vertebrate crashes due to a rotor malfunction. Nightkin Lily Bowen would later use the parts to craft her vertebrate sword. Herbert Dashwood meets Argyle and steals his girlfriend. They become best friends. What the frick is that about?
1: Yeah, that's that's how they uh, how they met. Dashwood stole Argyle's girlfriend, but they got past it and they were lifelong companions.
0: That's ridiculous. We're
1: going to have to do a whole segment on Dashwood and Argyle someday.
0: Yeah, because they keep popping up and that just sounds amazing. I love them. Vault 101 dwellers, led by Ann Palmer, scout the surrounding area, including Spring, Springvale and Megaton. On May 15th, Fallout 2 begins, where the Enclave sends a signal to Vault 13, declaring that it's time to leave the vault. We won't recap all of that because you can go play it, and Celine recommends that you should because she thinks it's fun. I'm sure it's great.
1: <laughs> it's really good. I'll pick it up sure. here.
0: Go on.
1: All right. In 2246, young Edward Sallow is sent with another follower to meet with Mormon missionary Joshua Graham. Sallow discovers some books about ancient Rome, including commentary by Julius Caesar. The NCR and the Brotherhood of Steel form an alliance to eject the enclave from New California. In 2247, Graham, Calhoun, and Sallow are captured by the Blackfoot tribe of Arizona, unrelated to the Native American tribe of the same name. Sallow impresses them with his knowledge of warfare and soon becomes their leader. He dubs himself Kaisar forges the Blackfoots into the beginning of his legion, and makes Joshua Graham his right hand. In 2248, NCR President Tandy dies at 103. Kaisar conquers tribes across the southwest, and 15-year-old Hannibal Hamlin becomes a slave. 2251, the ghouls of Underworld named Dashwood honorary ghoul. 2254, Owen Lyons leads a large Brotherhood of Steel detachment to the east coast. 2255, Kaisar makes Flagstaff his capital. Lyons raises the pit and settles in the ruins of the Pentagon, which he calls the Citadel. And in 2258, the Lone Wanderer is born to James and Catherine. Nine years later, in 2267, the Great Khans arrive in the Mojave Wasteland, and the Regulators appear in the Capital Wasteland. In 2271, the Ranger Unification Treaty is signed, bringing the Desert Rangers into the NCR. In, I
0: forgot they were separate. Yeah.
1: In 2272, Three Dog takes over Galaxy News Radio with the protection of the Brotherhood of Steel. In 2273, Riley's Rangers is founded, and Aaron Kimball becomes the president of the NCR. In 2274, during the same year that the Lone Wanderer takes the GOAT, Mr. House recruits the three tribes that he turns into the three families of the New Vegas Strip. By the time that the NCR arrives at the Strip, they are strong enough that the NCR signs the New Vegas Treaty. Terms of the treaty include Camp McCarran as an NCR base, the Strip retaining autonomy, and NCR control of Hoover Dam, with 5% of the power going back to the Strip. McCready, in this same year, becomes the mayor of Little Lamplight. In 2277, most of the events of Fallout 3 take place. In 2278, the state of Utobatha is formed by Tabitha at Black Mountain. The Bitter Springs Massacre occurs when NCR soldiers shoot Great Khan's men, women, and children. And Owen Lyon dies and is succeeded by his daughter, Sarah. She is soon killed in action. In 2281, Fallout New Vegas begins when Courier 6 is shot in the head by Benny. In 2282, Mayor McDonough bans ghouls from Diamond City. And in 2283, 16-year-old Arthur Maxson becomes elder of the Brotherhood of Steel. He undoes much of Owen Lyon's work in terms of protect- protecting the citizenry, Returning the Brotherhood of Steel to the, its original directive of collecting technology, he brings the Brotherhood Outcasts back into the fold and reconnects with the West Coast Brotherhood of Steel. And in 2287, Fallout 4 begins. September 2nd, 2016, the Fallout Off the Record podcast concludes its post war history timeline. Future lore segments branch out into different topics. <laughs>
0: Way to be real meta. Yeah,
1: I had to. <laughs> I couldn't not.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And we are done. We are caught up. Caught
1: that was, up. that was. Uh, I feel like we've achieved something, Rick.
0: We do. Do we get an achievement unlocked? Like a little... Bleep bloop. Yeah. So, awesome. There's a lot there. I, I definitely want to go back and play yum. Fallout three in new Vegas. I just no man's sky, man. I came out and I was just playing that so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just so good. But yeah, we're going to move on to weapon of the week because we have a weapon for this week. And the weapon of the week happens to be creme's tooth, which we have discussed a little bit earlier in this episode. Creme's tooth, which I'm not quite sure of the pronunciation, but that's what we were going to say. Uh, creme's tooth is a unique machete in fallout four. Um, <laughs> The medium-speed weapon is affected by the big leagues and bloody mess perk. Kremstooth Tooth has a religious significance. The sacrificial knife is used in ceremonies related to Lovecraftian God Ughualtolf. Ughualtolf, something. You know what? That's
1: an extra H. Ughualtolf.
0: Ughualtolf. Okay, there you go. Um, and you can also watch episode nine for more on that because we went through a whole Lovecraftian relations and fallout. Um... So, yeah, it is unknown exactly when the blade was forged, but likely created in the ancient times before the rise of civilization. And this weapon is special in that it has a mysterious supernatural aspect where the other weapons in Fallout 4 are either grounded or purely whimsical in nature. The blade is equipped with a unique mod called Sacrificial Blade, giving it a damage boost, poison and bleeding damage and a unique shape. This mod can be removed and applied to other machetes, which will take on the the special shape. Crumb's tooth can be found at the bottom of a water-filled shaft on an altar in the Dunwick Boars, and do not go after it with power armor. You will lose it unless you do a save thing, uh, which I did. I just was like, oh, well, look, at a oh. shaft, and whoo, whoo, whoo and yeah. then I lost my power armor.
1: I actually, I have a machete, Rick, and this is going to make you laugh. I have a machete that is actually the lucky machete, um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually a lucky machete, and I, I think I should take the creme's tooth and apply it to the lucky machete. That would be really funny, really quite funny. <laughs> so.
0: so. I don't know. So have you? Do you do you use melee these melee weapons in the?
1: Oh yeah, all the time. I always keep a melee weapon on tap. Um, you never know when you're gonna need one. And creme's uh, tooth is usually my favorite one. I've. Uh, I've got it hot keyed right now. Uh, I was using it yesterday when I was fighting some giant crickets.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's quite good. Awesome. I've never used it. But yeah, that's our weapon of the week, the Krem's Tooth. Again, you can find that in Fallout 4. Let's go on to our emails. What do you got for us tonight, Julie?
1: Hey, guys. I was catching up on old shows from around the Fallout 4 launch, which I avoided at the time because, you know, spoilers. Oh, and by the way, this is like a three-month-old email. In episode 20, Chalene mentioned the Freedom Trail, and it reminded me of something from six months ago, which I thought you might find interesting. Last December, my mother showed me this brochure she got from when she and her father walked the Freedom Trail in Boston 50 years before. Given your penchant for lore and stories behind the game for your show, I thought you might like to see the scans of said program. Hope you like them. Sincerely, Sean and this actually I don't know if you ever saw this in the email but it was really cool and I actually uh, I'm going to share these on the Facebook page tomorrow so watch our Facebook page to see the scans of this uh, old-timey Freedom Trail brochure it's really neat
0: awesome Cool. yeah it has a little yes.
1: map of the Freedom Trail
0: awesome yeah so you're going to post those on Facebook
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I'm going to okay. post it on our Facebook page tomorrow facebook.com slash follow OTR
0: awesome and uh, we have another email from Paul. Paul writes Good afternoon, Rick and Shalene. I am strict. Did I miss a question in that last one? Uh, no, I didn't.
1: No, okay. there was no I, question.
0: Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, I am strictly. This is from Paul. I am strictly an audio podcast listener. And in the latest couple of episodes, and especially the most recent with Josh Sawyer, there has been an absolutely lovely line hiss under the audio. I should have pre vetted this. Uh, I know that you recently had some equipment issues, and it is completely un unin- but I have to say, I love it. Oh, it lends a bit of authenticity to the idea that I'm listening to a faraway radio program in the wastes. Maybe just around dusk, when that old AM, AM stations get stronger and you can hear broadcasts from other areas much farther away than normal. Anyway, I've been listening since episode zero, and this series is by far uh, the series is by far my favorite podcast. Keep up with the good work. That's me totally sucking up to the hosts, by the way, in case you were wondering. But it's still true. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, and I'm glad that you like the hiss. I, I hate this it. to
1: give you guys a mindset to try and get into when you're listening to the horrible hiss on our audio.
0: <laughs> I sit and I take an EQ and scrub <laughs> through the frequency, Ben. Through the, through the frequencies to try to find the most obtrusive hiss harmonic yeah. that I can and cut it up.
1: Yeah, it's, so, uh... It's rough, but I am glad that you like it, Paul. I'm glad that it uh, it gives you some ambiance.
0: I cannot wait till it goes away.
1: I can't wait until Rick is in charge of running the stream.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll put some white noise just best. very quietly underneath of the typical audio. But that's it. So, any announcements? Any closing announcements?
1: Actually, we have a few. Um, just a reminder: there is no show next week because Rick will be on vacation. We hope you enjoy your lovely vacation, Rick. Watch out I for will. Meyer lurks at the beach. And I will be doing a stream uh, next week at the normal time. If you guys want to come and hang out, and we'll have a good time, play some Fallout, and chat. And I was gonna announce this one is. This... Yeah. Okay. Um, we have some good news. Jan Johns was a voice actor for a bunch of Fallout characters, including Sierra Pet- Petrovita... Petrovita? I don't know how to say her name. I would Sierra, think Petrovita. Sierra Petrovita, Scribe Halen, Bittercup, Lucy West, Clover, Machete, Ellie Perkins, and a number of other characters. She's going to be on our September 23rd episode, so please send in questions for Jan Johns.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I, I like how many guests we've been getting on lately. It's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, we've gotten to meet a lot of cool people.
0: Yes, awesome. So yeah, stay tuned for that, September 23rd. That'll be great. Uh, yeah. So you can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick and you can tweet at Chalene at Chalene L. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fallout OTR and also uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash Fallout OTR. You can email the show at Fallout OTR dot at gmail.com. Like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash network and sign up for our alerts to be alerted when we go live so you'll never miss a show. Or any show that we do here on QGN for that matter. Uh, you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Again, last week's episode will be up soon, I promise. And this week's episode will probably go up mid next week sometime. Um, just to kind of keep them spaced out a little bit. Excuse me. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, but we have a couple five-star reviewer shout-outs because when you leave us a five-star review that has text in it and stuff, we'll actually shout you out on the show. And I believe some of you are screwing with me, knowing that I cannot say names. So <laughs> let's let's try this one. Twisted. Oh, that's easy. Twisted Carnivore. It's all spelled wonky, but yeah. Thank you so much for your five-star uh, there and Drewski 766 and Nick Nick Nick. Thank you guys so much for your five-star reviews on iTunes. We record live Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork slash live and check out our other great QG and shows streaming live here on YouTube. KD Radio which comes on mostly every other week uh, there is none tonight. There will be none next week uh, as I'm on vacation like we said before. Elder Scrolls off the record. Classic Elder Scrolls. Dragon Age off the record. QGD&D and Dancing with Daggers which I do believe comes on later this evening now. Um, and yeah, thank you so, so much for listening. And Shaleen, what is the last word of the evening?
1: Imagine this in the red eye voice. You don't have to come and tell us that the podcast is good, that you love the podcast. I don't need your approval. I know it's good.